Well, welcome to CBCB. We're so happy that you're here with us. Um, we are in week three of a sermon series called I Want to Believe, But. And what we're looking at is some of the hurdles that people face in their faith, some of the challenges that make it hard for people to believe. And some people will say, you know, I, I, I know there's something with God. I know some, there's somebody, somebody created all this. I know there must be a God and I wanna believe, but something that I believe about God makes it really hard for me to believe in God. And so I think some people maybe have never really completely believed in him. I think some people maybe, even as Christians, we believe, but we, we, we don't fully trust him. We don't fully lean into him. And something that we believe about him is making it hard for us to really, really fully believe in him. And if that's you, um, you need to know. If you have doubts about God, if you have questions about God, if God doesn't always make sense to you and it makes it hard for you to believe, you need to know that God is okay with that. God is okay with your questions. God is okay with your doubts. And he's not mad at you if you don't fully understand him and if it's hard for you to believe. There's a really great story in Mark chapter nine. Um, this man brings his son to Jesus and his son is a mess. He's got demons and he's falling into fires and having seizures and all kinds of stuff. And he, he brings his son to Jesus and he says, Jesus, heal him if you can. And Jesus is like, if I can, right? Everything is possible if you believe. And the man says something really interesting. He says, well, I, I believe, but help me overcome my disbelief. Like, I, I believe, but it's hard for me to fully believe. And Jesus said, okay, then I'm not healing your son. <laughs> How many of you think that's what really Jesus said? <laughs> I, Jesus healed his son, man. It's like, this is what you need. I want you to believe. I want to help you believe. It's okay with me that you've got these little doubts. Remember Thomas? One of these guys spent three years with Jesus. He saw every miracle, right? He saw people raised from the dead. He saw everything happen. He knew who Jesus was. But when Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to his disciples, and they all said, oh, this is amazing. Thomas wasn't there that day, right? And then another day, Thomas comes to them, and they go, you're not going to believe it. Jesus was just here. He's resurrected. And Thomas is saying just what this series is saying. You know, I want to believe. I want to believe, but I just don't think... I can believe. I, I need to see the holes in his hands. That's what I'm going to need. And then do you remember what happened when Jesus saw Thomas next? He didn't go up and smack him. You know, what's wrong with you? How did you not believe in me? He said, look, is this what you need? I, I want you to believe. Here, stick your fingers. I mean, I want you, I want you to believe. And if you have some doubts about God, you need to know that he's not, he's not mad at you. He wants you to believe. He wants to help you believe. And he knows that for some people, believing is hard. But he's inviting you to check him out. He's inviting you to find out if he's real. He's inviting you to pursue what is true, whether it's easy to believe or not. I think there's all different challenges. There's all different like hurdles that different people have. Some people have like a, a scientific, well, I can't believe in God because... You know, what about dinosaur bones? Or, you know, what about the helium content in the atmosphere? Some people, it's like a scientific thing. I think for some people, it's a philosophical question that makes it hard to believe in God. Well, if God is so great, how come people get cancer? Right, if God is so nice, then how come bad stuff happens? We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But I think some people, it's not about science and it's not about philosophy. I think for some people, it's about a feeling. I think some people say, it's hard for me to believe in a God that I can't feel. 
It's like if God is, if God is real, then anytime I'm in contact with him, anytime I like, experience him or I'm around him, I mean, I should feel my hair should stand on end, right? I should, I should, I should have, I should have goosebumps, or I should, you know, like levitate, or you know, my my head should spin around, or some, something, something should happen. If I can't, if I can't touch him, if I can't, if I can't feel him, it's hard for me to believe in him. And maybe you've thought that. Maybe you've thought, you know, I want to believe in God, but it'd be a lot easier for me to believe in a God that I could feel. Or maybe you have believed in God, and maybe you've even felt him in the past, but it's been a while. And as your feeling him has diminished, maybe your faith has diminished a little too. Or maybe you just do believe, but you just really wanna feel him more. I think we all have something in us that makes us wanna feel God, to experience God. So let me ask you a question. How many of you would just be really honest and raise your hand and say, I feel like at some time in my life, I have actually experienced, I have felt God. Okay, that's a lot, right? Okay, how many of you would say in the last six months you think you've felt God? A lot. How many of you would say, I think I felt God today? It's still, it's, 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 it's kind of a lot. Um, now let me ask you a question, and I'm not, I'm not like making light of what you're saying because I think I felt God today. But I just wanna ask you, how did you know you were feeling him? How do you know that's what it was? What, what happened to you that made you know that you had felt God? Did, did, you, did you get goosebumps? Or did you feel like super happy? Or did you cry? Or did you have like a peaceful, easy feeling? How, how did you know that you experienced God? Because again, I'm not making light of this, but you can get goosebumps from a scary movie, right? You can feel super happy when you get good news. Right? You can cry at the movies. If you're watching the Olympics, if, if you've seen this commercial about this woman that's adopting this little girl and she finds out that the little girl's gonna have to have her legs amputated and that girl becomes a Paralympic swimmer, if you've seen that commercial and you haven't cried, you have no heart. Okay, I cannot be friends with you if you can watch that and not cry. So there's other stuff can make us, that's what I'm saying. You can get goosebumps from other stuff. You can feel happy from other stuff. You can cry about other stuff. You can have, I got a peaceful, easy feeling in 1975 listening to the Eagles. <laughs> right, I mean, those, those could, listen, those could absolutely be legitimate indications that you felt the presence of God, but you could experience those same things apart from experiencing God. And you could experience God without those feelings. So our feelings can't be the criteria for whether or not God is there. The God of the Bible cannot be reduced to goosebumps or tears or feelings. The presence of God is much more than just a feeling, and that's a good thing because I think a lot of us would say there have been times, no matter how close you are to the Lord, there may have been times in your life when you don't feel the presence of God. And if you're honest, I mean, I felt it. I've looked around at other people and I've seen them like praying or in worship or something, and they just seem so happy or they just seem so peaceful or they're crying or something's happened to them, they're raising their hands, and I'm feeling like, man, Give me some of that, you know? I wanna, I wanna feel that, I, I, because I feel like I'm praying and he's not listening. And I feel like I'm listening and he is silent. And I'm worshiping 
I am singing my brains out, but it feels like he's just not hearing it. It's like he's not responding to it. Why? Why can't I feel him? Is it, is it, is it my fault? Is it God's fault? I'll tell you what it is. It's Joy's fault. <laughs> She's the worship pastor, and it's her job to help us feel. We feel in different ways at different times, don't we? And not feeling God does not mean that he's not there. But if you've had this experience where you feel like you're not feeling him, you know it's no fun to be there. And if you're confused about God or not sure about God, not feeling him can really be extra confusing for you. So today we're gonna to talk about what's going on when you don't feel God. What, what's happening when there are no goosebumps, when there are no tears, when there are no you know, feelings of joy or excitement, when there is no peaceful, easy feeling? What's happening when I'm not feeling God? And let's start with this, this is important. If you don't always feel God, you're not alone. Okay, as a Christian, you're not the first person that's ever had this feeling that I don't, I don't, I don't feel him right now. Uh, and Psalm 88, and you know the Psalms are kind of like the the hymnal, right? That the Israelites had, right? These are kind of the this is like their songbook. So this is the feeling that they all came together and sang about what was going on in their world. And this is one of the Psalms. Listen to this. It says Psalms 88:13. Oh Lord, I cry out to you. I keep on pleading day by day. Oh Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? And this is God's people coming together on a Sunday morning and singing together, and this is what they're saying. God, where are you at, man? I don't, I don't feel you. I want to experience you. I want to touch you. I want to feel you, and it's just not there right now. David, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. I think we can all agree David had a special deal with God, a special relationship with God. And he wrote a bunch of the Psalms about how wonderful God is and how great it is to be in his presence and everything. But listen to this one. This is Psalm 13:1. David says, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? I mean, that's, this is David feeling like separated from God. This is David just not feeling God, and he wants to. He longs for it, but it, it's just not there. Um, Jesus. I mean, Jesus had complete communion with God forever, literally forever. He was always in touch with God, was always in God's presence, and yet on the cross, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why, why have you turned away from me? I, I, even Jesus felt that separation that distance, that, that, that longing to feel God. I think we've all had times when we don't feel God and it doesn't mean he's not there and it doesn't mean he's mad at us or he's abandoning us. But I think it's a fair question to ask then, then what does it mean? What does it mean when we, don't, when we don't feel him? And I think we have to remember he's not mad at us for asking the questions, right? He's not at, at mad at us. He wants us to pursue him. So let's, let's do that. Let's Let's pursue him, and let's, let's, let's look at some reasons maybe why we can't feel him. And all these reasons may not apply to you, and there may be other reasons that I'm not gonna list right now, but these are just a couple of things that could keep us from really feeling God. First one is wrong expectations. I mean, maybe, maybe you have over-sensationalized in your mind what it should look like, 
to feel God or to experience God. I think this is what the disciples did. Look at this verse. It's John 6.30. They're living with Jesus, right? This is what these guys say to Jesus. Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. And what can you do? What do you got, right? <laughs> Prove it, right? I know what it's going to feel like. I know what it's going to, and they even go on to talk about, you know, in the wilderness, Moses gave them manna. That was a miracle. So they knew God was with them. What are you going to do for us? Because we have it in our mind what it would look like if you're real. We have it in our mind what it would feel like if you're real, and you're not, you're not doing that right now. They had decided that experiencing God and feeling him would include a miracle. And if there was no miracle, then they just weren't going to be able to believe in him. And maybe you've decided exactly what it should look like and feel like to experience God, and anything else doesn't feel like enough for you, right? So it's like, well, if I don't cry, if I don't get goosebumps, if I don't audibly hear his voice, that's it. If the lights don't flash, if I don't feel him, he must not be real because that's what experiencing God is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be all magic all the time. And if I don't feel it, then there must not be a God. But can I tell you something sincerely, okay? As a pastor, I mean, nobody's closer to God than me, right? I have, you know, in the mornings, I like to go out in the morning and I have some quiet time with God and I take my Bible and I've got my uh, phone. I've got a, a, a song list on Spotify of my favorite worship songs and I get my headphones and the sun is coming up and the sky is all red and everything is perfect and I've got my journal and my pen and I'm just ready to hear from him and I'm ready to feel him and I'm ready to experience him and I put on the very best worship song and I am just, it's like a perfect time for a vision, right? It's like a perfect time to really experience God and really feel his presence and man, some days, there's this weird like peace that I have and some days there's just like crazy, like I feel so happy and there's other days that I really do feel like goosebumps and then there's other days that I feel like this incredible creativity and I'm just full of all these ideas and stuff and then there are some days that none of that happens. There's some days that I just sit there and like I, I, like I start thinking about the song. It's like, oh, that was a terrible recording of the song. Or, you know, it's like I, I look at the Bible. It's like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Some days it's just there, and some days it's just not. And at, at, at corporate worship, that, that's a classic time where we want to experience God. We think we're going to feel God. And, you know, worship's not for us, right? Right? Worship's not for us. Worship is for him, right? But... One of the like cool byproducts of worship is this amazing feeling that I'm, that I'm touching God, that I'm sensing God. And there are many times during the worship service in here and people, yeah man, the music is happening and, and y'all are singing and it's all of us together and the one voice and this amazing thing is happening and I'm just like overcome with emotion. You know, there's a lot of times I come up here and it's like I'm just, I'm just stalling you know, because I gotta like pull myself together before I can preach because I'm so just like overcome with this emotion. And you know what? Some weeks it's not like that at all. Some weeks I, it doesn't feel like that. And if my belief in God was depending on that feeling, I would really be in trouble on those days. And here's what's weird. If I always felt him like that, then I wouldn't really need faith. If I felt him like that all the time, then I wouldn't need faith at all. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that to please God, we have to have faith. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. 
And look what it says. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Well, I feel him or not. If I want to come to him, I have to believe that he exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. And so what pleases God is when we believe in him, whether we feel him or not, and when we sincerely seek him. And so maybe I'm supposed to believe in him when I can't feel him. And maybe God is more than goosebumps or tears or emotions. Maybe I'm not always supposed to be like blown away by his presence. Maybe that's a wrong expectation on my part because our faith isn't in tears and it's not in goosebumps. Our faith is in a God that is always with us, whether we feel him or not. So one potential reason why we feel like we're not feeling God might just be wrong expectations. And another reason, hard hearts. Hard hearts, that might be a real reason that we're not feeling him. Sometimes we don't feel God because our hearts are hardened. Jesus talked about this, Matthew 13, 15. Jesus talking, he says, for the hearts of these people are hardened, so their eyes can't, or their ears can't hear. And they've closed their eyes, so their eyes can't see. Their ears can't hear, their hearts can't understand. They can't turn to me and let me heal them. These, these people can't feel God because their feeler is broken, right? Their heart has become hard, and so they can't feel God. It's like there's something insulating them from God. Um, you know, it reminds me of, um, we don't cook very much at our house, but when, sometimes when we cook, what we like to do is we like to blacken stuff, right? Pork chops, fish, chicken, and you have to have a cast iron skillet, and you have to get it just so stinking hot, right? It has to be just like red, red, red hot. And so, you know, you do it, and then there's this blazing metal thing, and now I'm going to pick it up. And, it's, you know, it's obviously going to burn me up except for oven mitts. And when I put on one of those oven mitts, I can touch that incredibly hot thing, and it doesn't burn me. It's still hot. It's still hot. I just can't feel it because something is insulating me. Something is between me and the heat. So what is that thing with our hearts, right? What, what insulates us from feeling God? And Isaiah 59, 2 makes a suggestion. It says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he's turned away and won't listen anymore. Now, Romans 8.38 tells us that nothing can separate us from God's love. So God always loves us. But when there, is, when there is sin in our life, it like gets between us. It, um, it interrupts our intimacy, if that makes sense. If you can imagine in a, in a marriage relationship, right, if, if there is infidelity, right, um, then afterwards, then your spouse, if, you, if you're unfaithful to your spouse, they might, they might still love you, you might still be married, but you gotta know there's gonna be like a little disconnect, right? It's gonna be, it's gonna be awkward for a while. There's, you're, gonna have, you're gonna feel some distance between you for a while, and sin in our lives can make God feel a little distant. Sin gives us a feeling of separation from him. It's like we're insulated from feeling him, and some people will say, well, that ain't my case because you know, I don't sin, so, um, you know, none of the big stuff, you know, I, I haven't, you know, murdered anybody, or, you know, kidnapped, or pillaged, I never pillage, 
So, I mean, that doesn't apply to me. I mean, really, I, none of the biggies, right? I got like some little stuff, but little, little white sins, you know, they don't, really, they don't really hurt anybody, but they might be hurting you because they actually might be insulating you from God. Um, several years ago, I changed out a water heater at my house. I don't know if you've ever tried that. Um, I don't know if you're stupid enough to ever try it by yourself. But um, I didn't know. You know. I knew it had to be changed out, and it cost a lot of money for a plumber. So. so I go to pull it out of this closet thing in my garage, and I disconnect everything. And I'm just leaning over. I'm just going to pull it out of there. I didn't realize it weighed like 40 million tons, right? So this thing's like, it's coming in. I finally just, I tried to fight it, and I finally just like got out of the way and let it fall. And it just like split open, you know, right on the thing. I thought, that could be me under there. Uh, and here's what I learned, because I've never thought about what was inside there. Um, but there's like an element, like a rod running through there. And the rod gets really hot. And that heats up the water around it. And what had happened to mine, and what had made it weigh so much was, there was all that white stuff that's in the water had like calcified on there. And so it, it just, you know, the rod is this big, and then it was this big, and then it was this big, and then it was because it was just covered with that white stuff, and it really occurred to me that all these little tiny flakes, just one little tiny flake, and then another little tiny flake, and then another little tiny flake until it was just covered with this stuff. And now the rod is still hot, but the water around it is lukewarm, or the water around it is cold. And it, it's, the water's still hot. I mean, the rod is still hot, but it's, the water is insulated from the heat by a thousand little tiny white flakes. And I think sometimes we don't feel God because of wrong expectations. And I think sometimes we don't feel God because of hard hearts. And a lot of times, I think we don't feel God is just because of busy lives. Honestly, between work and family responsibilities and hobbies and kids' sports, you know, it's like we just don't have time to be still enough for long enough to feel God. And I was thinking about um, when Israel was going into Babylon, and remember Jeremiah was saying, oh, it's so terrible, we're going to go into Babylon for 70 years, and God is telling his people what it's going to be like for the next 70 years, and he's telling them it's going to be rough. That's how it's going to be. It's gonna be rough for 70 years and you're gonna feel like I'm not even there. But look what he says. This is Jeremiah 29, 13. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. It's gonna be hard. You're in a foreign country, man. They're gonna mistreat you. It's gonna be terrible. But if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. And I think if your prayer time is before you eat, you say, good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat, All right? If that's your prayer time, if your Bible time happens only during TV commercials, if your idea of corporate worship is coming into church during the third song and texting while everybody else sings, I'm not sure that qualifies as looking for God wholeheartedly. I think sometimes we don't feel God because we've just not made him a priority. He's, he's on the back burner, you know? He's just not, we don't have time to feel God. We don't have time to experience him. And 
man, I don't know. I don't want, you know, there's, I don't want to be like condemning or something, but I think maybe each one of us, if we're not really feeling God, should just really look at our lives and say, I don't know, maybe we should ask some hard questions. You know, are we really giving him time for us to experience him? You, I mean, you can create your own questions, okay? I'll throw a couple out. Um, what do you do first in the morning? Do you check in with the God of the Bible or do you check in with the God of Instagram or the God of email or the God of the news? Um, here's another good question. If you're given a choice between going to church and trying to really feel God and creating space for that to happen or going to the lake or playing golf or going to a ball game, which do you most often choose? Hard questions, huh? It might really make us wonder, are we really creating space for God? Do we have time for him or have our lives gotten too busy? Um, you know there's apps on your phone um, where you can track how much time you spent, like screen time, and it'll tell you total screen time, but you can also break it down so it'll tell you this is how much time you spent texting, this is how much time you spent on email, this is how much time you spent on games, this is how much time you spent on social media. There are apps that'll tell you all of that and it'll give you a grand total, this is how much screen time you had today or this week or whatever you want. I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was an app for time that we spend pursuing God's presence, right? The time that we spend creating space to experience God, and it would say, this is how much time you spent worshiping, and this is how much time you spent praying, and this is how much time you spent in the word. This is how much time you spent just listening to him. This is how much time you spent serving other people in Jesus' name. It might be interesting to take your phone and look at that total, and then take this app and look at that total. I think a lot of us would be surprised at how much time we're spending doing this and how little time we're spending doing this, or this, or this. I wonder if some of us don't feel God because we just don't have time for him in our busy lives. There's lots of things that can keep us from feeling God. Um, wrong expectations, hard hearts, busy lives, there's, I'm sure there's others. Um, I think it's really important to remember though that none of those things mean God's turned against us. Remember, nothing can separate us from God's love. But any one of those things, and probably a lot of other things, can make it hard for us to feel God. And if that's, man, if that's where you're at, I think it's just really important to remember, he is not mad at you, right? Just like that, that dad that brought his son to Jesus, just like Thomas, he's not mad at you. He wants you to pursue him. He, he wants you to try to figure out why you're not feeling him. That, that verse in Hebrew says, he rewards us with, with his presence when we sincerely seek him. That's what he wants, is for you to sincerely seek him. And if you're looking at all these possibilities and you're asking God, you know, what's wrong? Why don't I feel your presence? If you feel that need, if you feel that longing to be in his presence, you are sincerely seeking him. And that's what he wants. God, God wants you to want him. God wants you to pursue him. In fact, if you're not feeling him, maybe it's not wrong expectations or a hard heart or a busy life. Maybe it's God's plan. Maybe God is using that hope that you have, that craving that you have to feel him and experience him. Maybe he's using that 
to draw you closer to him. So look at this verse. This is Acts 17, 24. It says, he's the God who made the world and everything in it. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided, the nations is people, right? He created all the people in all the earth, and he decided beforehand who's going to rise and who's going to fall and what their boundaries are going to be. He created everything. God created everything. Why did he do it? What was his purpose in creating everything? And the very next verse tells us, verse 27, his purpose was for the nations, for us, to seek after God. That's why he did it. That's why he gave us stars, right? That's why he gave us life. That's why he created this world is so that we would seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. He's not far, he's here, and he wants us to experience him, and he created everything so that we would seek after him, so that we would feel our way towards him. So maybe God knew that um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe God knew that deprivation creates desire. Think that one over for a second. Deprivation creates desire. Sometimes when we don't have something, it just makes us want it more. Um, a couple years ago, I went to Kenya. I was in Kenya for seven days. I lost 12 pounds, okay? The food there was not what I'm used to, okay? A lot of, um, you know, fish heads and really weird greens and rice, lots, lots of rice and oranges. The oranges were good. So I ate, you know, rice and oranges for seven. I lost 12 pounds, seven days. I was going to write a book. It was awesome. Uh, but man, uh, so seven days there, and then like a 16-hour flight, and that whole flight, and that whole time, all I could think about is I just want to be home, right? I want to take a shower in my shower. I want to sleep in a bed without a mosquito net. You know, I want, I want to be with my family. I want to be in my friends. I want to be at my house. And I left the airport and I went straight home except for one stop at um, Freddy's Frozen Custard, <laughs> right? And I mean, is that the best cheeseburger in town? No. Is that the best cheeseburger I ever ate in my life? Yes. Right? I ate it in the car. I ate it in the drive through line. I ate it before they made my change. It was just, I mean, it was just, it was, just, it was so good. I, 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 I couldn't get enough of it. I, and it, just, it was so good. I lost 12 pounds in seven days, and I gained it all back in two. <laughs> because everything I tasted tasted so good. What happened? Cheeseburger deprivation, right? It had, it had drawn out my desire. And, and maybe you've had that. You know, when you, don't, when you don't have water, you become thirsty. And you crave water. And when you don't have cheeseburgers, you get hungry. You have a craving for food. And when you don't feel God, it makes you want him more. It makes you pursue him harder. It makes you sincerely, think about those words, sincerely seek him, really look for him wholeheartedly. And I think maybe sometimes God uses this feeling that we get 
that we can't feel God to, to do that, to draw out our desire for him, to cause us to look for him wholeheartedly, to cause us to sincerely seek him. And when we do, when we sincerely seek him, he rewards us with his presence. When we look, he says, when we look for him wholeheartedly, we will find him. That's the promise, right? James 4, 8 says, if we come close to God, he will come close to you. When we surrender our expectations and when we soften our hearts and turn away from our sin and when we really make time to really look for him, when the time is right in his time, when our appetite is peaked, he will be found. He will come close. And we will feel him because that's why he created us. He created you for a relationship with him. He, he, you think you want it. He wants you to feel him. It's really, it's really weird. When you're pursuing him and when you're really sincerely it's a seeking him, when you're really looking for him wholeheartedly, when you're in that frame of mind, God finds you irresistible. And I don't know what to compare this to except for what I always default on grandkids, right? I've got my little Ophelia is two years old, two years old. And I know you think your kids and grandkids are cute, but not like this. This is the cutest kid there is. And so she's out there in the lobby all the time, and I'll be talking to people, and we're talking about important stuff. I'm the pastor for crying out loud, right? We're talking about important stuff here. And Ophelia, because she calls me G, and Ophelia will come up like this, and she has this, this weird voice. It's almost like desperation. She'll go, G, 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 G. And really, I don't care what you're saying at that point. Right, I am picking that kid up. I, I, she's irresistible. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what else I'm up to. It doesn't matter what else is going on. She's irresistible to me. She is irresistible to me. God is here. And just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. Right? Just because we don't feel him doesn't mean he's not real. He's, he's always with us. And that's our faith. And that's more important than our feelings. He says he will be found by us. Think about those words. He will be found by us. That means two things, right? One, it means it's gonna happen. It's, de it's destined to happen. He will be found. It's gonna happen. He will be found by us. But it also means he wants to be. That's his will. His will is to be found by us. So we can experience God. We can feel God. And when we do, you know what? It might be goosebumps. And maybe your hair will stand on end, or maybe you'll cry or shout or jump or dance or levitate. Maybe you'll have a peaceful, easy feeling. Or maybe you'll feel him in a different way. And when we're sincerely seeking him, we're looking for him in other ways, right? We want to be open to how he wants to reveal himself and how he wants to touch us. Maybe you'll feel God and maybe you'll feel God and sense his presence when you see the beauty of creation, when you see a sunrise. Maybe you'll experience him and feel him when you see him answer a prayer. Right, I got another grandkid story, and this will be my last one, I promise. Um, so I pray every day that my grandkids will come to know Jesus. Every day. Not that they'll rely on my faith, or they'll rely on their parents' faith, but that they will come to know Jesus personally. So this week, my Ellie is seven, was at a camp. And because the camp is really smart and wants you to come back to camp there, 
they send pictures of your kids doing incredibly cute things, and then that's gonna make you wanna go back to camp there. And so they sent this picture, and it's Ellie sitting by herself, reading the Bible. And when I saw that picture, I felt God. Maybe you'll feel him in a different way. Maybe you'll experience him in a different time. Maybe it's when you see his plans fulfilled. It's just like when we baptize people. Every time I baptize someone, I think, man, that's God's plan right there. God planned this from before time. God planned for this moment, and here it is. It's happening right now. And I feel God in that moment. A couple of weeks ago, we had a picnic in the backyard. Right, and here was hundreds of God's kids together, all different kinds of people, different colors of people, different backgrounds of people, different denominations of people, all together out there, eating together, loving each other, playing with each other's kids, eating watermelon like wild animals. It was just, and I just saw that thing, and I said, this is God's plan. This is what God wants. And in that moment, I could, I could feel God. Maybe you'll feel God when you see him working in you as you somehow overcome things that are way too hard for you as you somehow are able to do things that are way too big for you and you'll say man that ain't me i feel god maybe it'll be as you fulfill his purpose in your life and as you're volunteering at church or helping someone or telling somebody about jesus and you'll say man that's not me that is him giving me the power to do this thing i feel him or maybe it'll be, you, you feel God do when you just look at every good thing in your life. The love you have, the joy you have, the family you have, the freedom you have, the peace you have, the, the salvation that you have, the breath that you have. And you remember that every good thing is a gift from him. And you just say, man, I, I see this gift from him. I, I feel him. There's lots of ways to feel God. There's lots of ways to experience God. And look, we all have times when we don't feel him as much. But if feeling him is something that we want, let's surrender our expectations. Let's soften our hearts and turn away from sin. Let's make time for him. Let's look for him wholeheartedly. Let's sincerely seek his presence however he wants to share it. Let's move closer to him and see if he doesn't move closer to us. And let's just hold up our hands and call out to our Father and see if he doesn't. Reach down and pick us up and hold us and let us feel him. God, we thank you for your presence. And we thank you for the times that we feel you in all these different ways. Yeah, sometimes it's goosebumps. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we feel joy or peace. Sometimes it's that we see you working in us. We see you working through us. We see your plans around us. Sometimes we see you answer our prayer. Sometimes it's just us looking up at the stars and saying, man, I see him. I feel God right now. Lord, we thank you so much for that feeling of your presence. But God, I'm just gonna ask you to give us faith that is greater than our feelings. Remind us that you're there whether we feel you or not. That just because you're not where we can feel you doesn't mean that you're not there. 
Give us faith to know that you will never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you're always with us. And Lord, your word says sometimes we have not because we ask not, so we're just gonna ask. We wanna feel you. We wanna experience you. Will you please just, will you touch us? And will you make us more aware of your presence? Make us more aware of you all around us. Lord, help us to feel you this week. Help us to touch you this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, real quick before I let you go, men. This event, we had a little ad for it uh, on the, the uh, announcement video this morning, but um, on no August the 20th, in our backyard, we're going to have this event, and we are going to have great music, and we're going to have great prizes. Yes, we're giving away a gun, so if that's upsetting to you, please send your emails to Pastor Mike. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're throwing hatchets, man. It's going to be great. We're going to eat meat and play cornhole, and there's no sermon that night, and we're not taking up an offering that night. We're just going to hang out together. So I'd really encourage you, if you're a man, to make plans to be here on August 20th for this, whatever we're calling that event. So be here if you can. That's it. Love you guys. See you next week.